This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Behind home plate, we bringing it to them all day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. How are you doing today? Welcome I'm to uh, spring training. I'm, yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you. I mean, it's kind of weird. It's Spring training is weird this year because of the whole the limited coverage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything is. I mean, um, the Orioles are coming out with some stuff, but well, like, um, and, and all the all the reporters, all the Zoom meetings, get Zoom, yeah, yeah, all the all the Zoom meetings. So, so we get like screenshots of players, right? And I don't want screenshots of players. I want seven shots of the fat pitcher wandering to the outfield. Yeah, and I wonder how different the interviews are in Zoom too, because I just think people are more comfortable. Yeah. Talking in person and Zoom, especially if you're not used to doing it all the time. It's a business is setting. Awkward and weird. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's less, less, it's more formal. It's just weird. Yeah. Yep. So I also wonder about the quality of the interviews. Yeah. And it, you're right. For, and, it, and it's like that way on both sides. For the um, guy being interviewed, there's no relationship. So it's very stiff. And let me just answer your question and move on. It's more like an pre, uh, actual press conference. Yeah, and then for the guy, people doing the question, it's awkward because it's just awkward. They're in their home, trying to answer through a crappy microphone. Yeah, but at least I mean, I watched right before the show. I was watching a video of Trey Mancini field ground balls, and I really enjoyed watching it. Um, swinging the bat yeah. looks good. Looks good swinging the bat. Did you see uh, a lot of good quotes out there? I think it was yesterday that the Orioles put out a video of just like sounds from spring training. And it's oh, like see that one. The crack of the bat, the ball hitting the glove. Oh, nice. Like it was all these just like basically like sound effects. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, that's a really cool video. Yeah. So, and MLB Network is like back in full strength now where it's not like you turn it on and it's bad news bears again. Right. So, there's baseball to talk about. Right. There's baseball. Uh, and the Orioles aren't maybe really getting coverage on MLB Network, but it's still, it's baseball. Yeah, and I'm sure any coverage they do get is negative. 
Though um, I was watching, um, well, there was that big signing by Fernando Tatis. Tatis, you know, three hundred yeah. million for fifty years or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and his kid guarantees his kid a contract with the Padres. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for that money, his kid's kid. Yeah, well, but of course, my first thought went to that was the contract that Manny Machado should have gotten. Like that's that's the deal. That's the contract yeah. Manny Machado should have given. It should have been given that he was never given. I kind of and so the Padres give Manny Machado that contract. Oh, and Fernando Tatis that contract. So yeah. good for a small mid market team, depending right. on who you ask. All right. Um, it's not like they've got any competition. For in San Diego. Market. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's lots of teams yeah. out there. No, but I'm saying San Diego. There's no one. They're, yeah. they're the only San, San Diego team. Sports team anymore? True, true. But I mean, there's, there's lots of left and there's, there's lots left. of baseball teams. You could easily switch to be a Dodger fan or an Angels fan. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's turning into like I'm I'm already getting pumped just for the baseball season. Oh I mean, yeah. That's gonna the rivalry between the Dodgers and Padres. I'm gonna be staying up till ten o'clock, till midnight some nights watching this rivalry between those two teams. That's gonna be really fun to watch. I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited about. Uh, there's just so many good storylines th- th- this year. And I'm curious to see how, of course, the or, there's so many stories storylines within the Orioles, but just in baseball this year, I think baseball is in a really good place. And I think, um, despite all like the labor fighting, and there's still a ton of free agents out there, which is concerning. Um, and despite um, that Mariners GM having to resign for saying crazy stuff, yeah. Um, despite all that, I still think like the players in baseball is just in a good spot. It's going to be really a fun year. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, did I tell you last week on the podcast that I bought spring training tickets or did I do yeah. that after the podcast? No, I, I don't know. I, I think you, I think you said that on the podcast. All right. I don't know. We've had, uh, we've had a few conversations over zoom. We yeah. don't use zoom, but this whole type of virtual thing, it's our relationship. So I forget when I told you, but I'm excited because that first opening day spring training game is Sunday. So I'm excited oh, to get, get over to Sarasota and see some baseball. And oh, so week. next week we can have some. Uh, you can get us the inside scoop. Yeah, yeah. Next week I will experience. I will remind you what it is like to experience baseball. I read somewhere that every game but two of them. And this was as of I think yesterday. Every every game except for two has been sold out. Yeah, for spring training. Well, remember That's it's cool. twenty five percent, so it's eighteen hundred people. Does it does it count as a sellout still? Yes, I believe so. Remember, uh, Camden Yards, when it opened, had a long streak of sellouts. Right. Are they going to start bragging that they're selling out games when they have 10,000 people yeah, in the stands? I don't know. I don't know how they'll handle that. I don't know if the Orioles will have 10,000 fans in the stands. Um, but it's ex- I, I'm curious to see how it goes because I got a ticket all by myself. So that means I should have a pod all to myself. So, do, you, do you know how many pods there are? Well, I, I don't think there's any. I don't think it's a physical pod. I think it's just like a pod means like no one will be within six feet of you. Right. So, but do you think they pre-designated? Seats I don't know. Or they just do it, make it up as they go along. I don't know. I asked the guy that on the phone, and he didn't know. Okay. I I I would think they gotta somehow pre-designate, but also make it up on their own because, like. They didn't know if I was going to buy one ticket or two, and it's not like they're saying, "Oh, we have enough tickets open for in parties of two, but not parties of four, You know? Yeah, the ticket sales must be complicated. So it's got to be complicated—the whole thing on how you do it. What like, do you think the percentage chance that there are people but in the seat for our opening day in Baltimore? In Baltimore, percentage I, chance. Um, 
See, What's I the don't... schedule? Do we start home or away? You start away. Okay. I believe. That's good. Um, here's the problem. I don't know. I'm, I'm in Florida, so I don't know yeah, Maryland politics, no and that's really a political question. Oh, is it a political question, Josh? Well, because it's the city. It's not based on the Orioles. It's oh, the city. I, see, I see what you're saying. And, and, and you don't like me bringing up politics, so you don't want to answer. I got you. That's no, cool. I, uh, I just don't know. I, mean, I didn't ask you to make a definitive claim. We're not holding you to that. Just ask for a stupid percentage, Josh. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, I know Atlanta. You won't give me a number. The Braves have already announced their selling tickets. Okay. Um, the, the Orioles, that makes it more likely that the Orioles will, too, I think, right? The Orioles start their season in on the road, yeah. Right. So the first home game is April 10th? April 8th. The 8th. The yeah. 8th, you were correct. Yeah. All right, April 8th, I'm going to go with 70% chance there is fans. Okay. Percentage chance that I am one of those fans? Uh, if you're one of those fans, I am too. Okay. So well, Are we sharing a pod? Yeah, we will share a pod. I don't know if I feel comfortable sharing a pod from Florida Man with Florida Man. I don't know about that. Yeah, we will share a pod. And I will <laughs> I'll lick the chairs on the way out. Yeah. Like like yeah, a normal like a normal ball game. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how yeah, you that's, end. that's well, I mean that's pre-COVID. Yeah, well, you you'll, you'll be doing that while the zany Burt Rody will be stroking the guy's beard sitting next to him. <laughs> right, right. In a, in another pod. Um yeah. I hope I hope there's fans. Um yeah, it adds to a lot, especially opening day. It adds a yeah. lot to have fans. Even if you just had, you know, 10,000 people in there, it would add a lot to that stadium. Right, that right. And even, yeah, I think I, I we saw so. that with the NFL, that even as a small percentage, that crowd can get loud and impact the game. Yeah, and it's completely different from pumping in noise. Um, the no crowd is kind of cool every now and then, but not opening day. Give me no. the fans. No. Give me the fans. The no crowd, the only time the no crowd was cool was playing after the riots. Because it was a one-game, one-time thing. Yeah, a whole season. I don't know. I like the NBA bubble, um, uh, whatever computer people. Do they still do that this year? No, they don't do that anymore because they're not doing a Uh, bubble. So they're yeah. That was just for the bubble. I don't think they can hook up all the stadiums like that. But that was a Disney special. Yeah, Disney special right there. So yeah, I don't. I think there's a good chance of fans. I don't because I mean you're going to be more shot, more whatever. Maybe they'll make you show your vaccine to go to the stadium. Who knows? Yeah. How do you um, – do you think – here's what I've been thinking about too is, you know, we're turning the corner, Josh. The Orioles are turning the corner. It's happening. Oh, and yeah. you might not be paying attention, but it's happening. You think our fans where, – where are fans with this? We, we are of the fans, by the fans, for the fans – our fans are, are they into this team? Have they are they no. with the the corner no. turn or are they still griping? Where, uh, where, where, where are the Oriole fans on this? The baseball nerds are into this, like us. Yeah, the general fan who are like part of like the Baltimore Orioles Facebook group that call into one zero five seven the fan. Those type of general fans yeah. are still on the train of uh, this team will not win until we get a new owner. Yeah, and this is crap, and we're only spending fifty thousand, fifty million, or whatever it is this year because of the owner, not because we're rebuilding. Yeah, so, yeah. So they're not on board yet. No. I, I, but you know what, Josh? I think by the end of the season, I think they're going to be. on I board. I hope so. I want to. 
I want to do this next week because today we've got a lot to talk of just general spring training. I thought yeah, I got was... some Matt Harvey quotes. I yeah. don't want to talk. Um, yeah, King Chris, Felix and Chris Davis Matt is Harvey. back in camp. Yeah, um, <laughs> Chris Davis. Uh, everyone was there. Chris Davis, of course, had issues getting there. That's classic Chris Davis. Right. Um, yeah, he's only from Texas, who hasn't had power in like a week and a half. Yeah, and Trey Mancini was at spring training a month ago. What, what was Chris Davis doing? Eating bonbons by his uh-huh. uh, whatever. Yes. But uh, what no, I want to do next do. week is I want to take the show and divide it into two halves. And I want to do best case scenario, worst case scenario that we envision yeah. with the team for this coming season. Yeah. So, you know, best case, show me how this team can make it to the playoffs. <laughs> worst right. case, let's talk about how bad this team is. Right, Because we got well, plenty good... to talk about the fact that the team's really somewhere in the middle. So I'm thinking, let's go to the extremes next week. Yeah, I mean, they're closer certainly to the bad case and they're to the good case. Yes. Right? Like, it's easier to imagine them having the worst record in baseball than right. it is for them to have the best record in baseball. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> totally. easier. Totally. But, but the good news is, even if you have the worst record in baseball, you get the number one pick. So there is uh, a silver lining with that. Well, that's the but whole, okay. is that what Michael Elias is trying to do this year? And does Brandon Hyde get in trouble if they win more games? You know, right. is, well, it, is it like Major League and the lady saying, I don't want to lose. I want to be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, see, but I, see, and my argument back to that would be the more success we have, the better it is for us in, in the long run, too, because it means, A, um, young players are playing really well, so, so you're winning games, which is good for the future, or B, veterans played really well, and they're now on the Red Sox and Yankees. So either way, it's a winning scenario. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, are you, though? Are you with me, Josh? Because I just froze on my screen for about 10 seconds. So are you with me? Uh, did you fr- see? You froze here, and I assumed you kept on talking. No, I didn't. I just waited until I stopped froze, and then I pretended like I just ended my sentence oh, there. Oh, crap. That means I'm going to have to do some awkward editing there. Let me write down this time. You don't have to write it down. The listeners can stay with us. I just explained what happened. Guys, I froze for a second. Five seconds tops. I waited, and then I finished my sentence. I think Thank my, you for sticking with us. I think my internet's all screwy today or something. Yeah, I don't think it's me. And then, yeah, and then if you play this at 1.5 speed, like I do on my podcast, you, it's just like a three-second pause. Right. You won't even notice. Yeah, but no, but my point was, if if even if the young players play well, it's good for the future. If the veterans play well, you can trade them and get prospects, and so it's good for the future. And so I think Mike Elias's job is in the off season. Let me make this team as bad as possible, and then when the season starts, he roots for them to play well, so he can then trade Jose Iglesias, and he can he can he can he can then go trade you King, know King Felix, uh, Andrew Kashner or whoever else he wants. Yeah. To then get prospects, yeah. so yeah, he's he's definitely rooting for players to play well. At this yeah. point, I, I mean, like, I don't. I like that yeah. projection. Matt Elias's off-season goal is to destroy the team. Brandon Hyde's then Brandon Hyde has to fight him in the regular season to win games, and it's a back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you want to, but but I think again we're ending that time for, because Josh, whoever we draft in this year's draft, yeah. well, for, whatever, like this year we're drafting number five. It's done. Next year's draft, right? right? This year's record is going to control next year's draft. That's 2022. At right. that point, 
Yeah, it's I mean, true. yeah, we're already. In. They're not going to help us win the World Series in twenty twenty three. Whoever that pick is, right? That so pick is to help us extend, right? Yeah, that that pick is for our twenty twenty five championship when we become a dynasty. It's yeah. not going to help us win the World Series. <laughs> exactly, it's for the dynasty. So there's no reason, right? I mean, I guess if Elias wants to get the dynasty, he can go for the number one pick this year. But outside of that, there's no real incentive because uh, I think the players are already on the squad. Yeah, I hear you. Um, how about we? You want to start with Buster Olney? I don't really want to talk about Buster Olney. Uh, <laughs> okay, fine. I should have pulled up the the clip where he said it. I mean, you. Yeah, that would have been some good uh, production. I mean, you. Uh, I th- I feel like you're the one who woke Orioles Twitter up to this quote from Buster. Yes. Because I wasn't seeing it going around, and suddenly you tweeted it, and it, like, blew up. And this is a week after the podcast, so right. everyone had a chance to listen to well, it that, if you're listening to the podcast. That's why I, that is why I'm crediting you, because it's not like you posted it the day he said it. It was a week later, and then all yeah. of a sudden everyone's talking about it. And it happened to also be, the, like, right after you told me about it. I have the sound. Do you want me to play it on the... Uh, sure. It will work if I do it on the phone to the microphone? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You lose that home field advantage, but you pick it up on the... Hold up. Here it is. In, in, uh, ...in course field, and you have the thin air, and you get the ball in the air, then you really... That's not the, that's not the right spot. No, but so, in course field, with that thin air, I think the Orioles would do better in course field. You're right. So yeah. co- the controversy thing that Buds, uh, that well, I was going to say Bud Selig, that Buster Olney was pushing was for the Orioles to move to Denver. Lots of you think <laughs> no. Nashville. He was pushing for Denver. Let me try one more random spot and see if it works. And if not, you're not going to. Fu- I will look one. The Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Oh. It's like let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, How many years into this rebuild? I. I it's kind of crazy and. You know, we're going to be doing over-and-unders here. I'm going to be guessing I'm going to be taking the under on the Orioles without really having taken a serious look at the number because yeah. they just – and I understand that they're building talent in the minor leagues, but I don't know where, where we got to a point in this sport where you could basically check out for five, six, seven years and not be relevant and have it be okay. Yeah, it's sad. And I'll mention the angel. All right. All right. Great that's, job. That's the quote. Did you randomly yeah. just pick a spot? On your on the play uh, time code, <laughs> I knew it was around there, and I just got really lucky. <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, all right. So, Buster Olney's not wrong. It does suck when teams take five, seven years of like we're going to be the worst team in order to do this rebuild thing. But he's but, wrong with the checkout. Did well, we check and not be, out? to check out. Did the organization right. check out? No. At what point did we check but, out? No, no, no. But no, when we were no, 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 no. we were trying to win every single season. Hold on, hold on. And since Michael Elias got here, he was trying to build a squad every single hold season. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's not a single not, season where we checked out. Not in he reference to the up. Orioles. Hold on. He's yeah. correct about when a team checks out and decides they're going to just be irrelevant for five to seven years. That's bad and for by, baseball. And by the way, we've been rebuilding for three years. I'm getting there. Not about okay. the Orioles. He is right. correct. But, but this logic about no, but taking that logic and putting it on the Orioles is wrong, because when did the Orioles rebuild start? When they traded Manny Machado away um, mid-season and and started, yeah, that's when I would argue. It, it, See, it, I would, it stopped. Wasn't it the next? But didn't they still come back next year with Manny without Manny Machado, and they tried one more time without him, and then wasn't that? Did, I think, and we gotta look at the record. Did Dan, I, I want to say did he trade Manny on the way out, or did I feel like he traded him the year before his last year? 
No, no, he traded him with just, uh, I mean, just a half season left. All right. All right, so he traded him in July 2019. All right? So, okay, yeah. All right. So that means we are two and a half years into the rebuild. And, okay. And there's also a COVID year into there. So right. a two and a half years, including the weird COVID year, the Orioles didn't check out. You're correct. You're right. Him to, for him to say five, six, seven years is completely wrong compared to the Orioles. I mean, in 2016, I mean, just go back to 2016, um, we, were, we were a playoff team. So, okay, so that's five years. And then years. in 2017, we certainly tried to win again and that when we had the bad second half. And then 2018 was that year we lost, um, you know, what, 115 games. Right, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. This team has been ir- irrelevant. It's not even been that it's been irrelevant. This rebuild that he says five, six, seven years is two and a half years old. Right. And if you want to argue, because the 2018 was the last year of uh, Dan Duquette. And so 2019. you could also argue with the hiring of Mike Elias, right? That's when the, the true rebuild uh, right. began when we started investing in um, right. young players. So, yeah. So two, then That's, you're talking two years. Yeah, two years. You're right. I was even. I was thinking three years, but it's not even. No, it's two years. It's two years, and yeah. and and, yeah, and last year no development happened. So yeah, this is. It's just like when we were talking about fan graphs last week. When we were talking about Keith Law last week, people outside of Baltimore, just in their minds, say the Orioles are irrelevant. The Orioles are always losers, forever losers. And so much so that they forget about the years pretty recently that the Orioles were successful. And you asked earlier about the state of the fan. The fans forget that too. The fans have forgotten that the Orioles, all of these people who are irritated as Oriole fans right now, became Oriole fans during those great years of 2012 to 2017. Yeah. Yeah, and started people, it started 2012. We were relevant, right? Oriole fans, all the way through 2017, yeah. we were a relevant franchise, right? If you want to to say that we're irrelevant now, you did not live through those 14 years. Those 14 years of losing, without a right. plan in sight, with the plan being to try to buy bats every year and wait on the cavalry. It didn't. Yeah, yeah, work. yeah. If you want to, if, if Buster only said that quote in like 2010 or something, <laughs> right, right. Like you're you're a good Buster. I'm on board. I agree. Right. But to say that now is is just to ignore facts. What's been happening? Yeah. With the Orioles. Right. Um. Exactly. And there's a plan now. So the Oriole fans now is the time to get on board because there's a fan, plan. It's not let's come up with a new plan every off season. We have a plan. We're two years into that plan. Yeah. And, and last year we saw the fruit of some of that plans with some young players coming up and being co- contributors. We're going to see that more this year and, you know, come next year, forget about it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 and there's also a lot of other teams, Josh, that have been bad and continue to, to, you know, whatever tank or whatever, not be competitive. There's a bunch of those teams well, in baseball. So it's weird to me that the team that Buster only would choose out of all the teams in baseball, he would choose the Orioles. The, and that seems, and we talked about that last week where you asked me, Josh, is the media really biased or just Orioles fans are sensitive? Well, no, I think the media, for whatever reason, 
like likes to pick on the Orioles, and maybe uh, it's this thing where it's like one person picks on it and then becomes popular to pick on well, it, and then they become it's a lot of franchise. It's a lot of big name baseball writers came through the Sun, and I think because they came through the Sun, they dealt with the Orioles and Peter Angelos during a tough time, during times during that fourteen year stretch, and I think that has made their orange glasses a little different than yours and mine. Right. It's possible that that's tainted their their glasses. I also think that there's people in baseball who don't like Mike Elias. Sure. Um, I was listening to uh, Ryan, um, friend of the show, interview Keith Law on his Give That Fan a Podcast. Oh, that's a pretty good get for Ryan, especially for a guy who does a podcast once a month. Yeah, it was a good get. Um, anyway, he was interviewing Keith Law, and Keith Law said he didn't like how the Orioles got rid of a bunch of scouts. Um, and I think, and I think I'm sure that rubs, rubs a lot of baseball guys the wrong way that yeah. they got rid of a lot of scouts. And Keith Law saw, thought he would re- they replace them with their own guys, but they just never replaced the scouts mm-hmm. that they got rid of. I mean, this, that's true. And also, this idea of the old Orioles, right in those losing years, would still spend money to hire pointless free agents just to help us beat, win 70 games. Michael Elias is not paying anybody. So in that way, you could argue, like, this isn't good for baseball because there's, what, 40 free agents still sitting out there. And Michael Elias, if you want to do a million dollars, Michael Elias might talk to you. But Michael Elias isn't spending money to be competitive. So I think also the way Michael Elias goes about it, um, I think, bothers some people. And you also, out of all the different sports reporters, baseball reporters are the worst. They're the most uh, set in their the ways best too, but yeah, but they're for the, the same most reason they're the worst. They're ways, the, best. the the Hall of Fame voting sucks. It's stupid, and it, the whole reason it is the way it is is because of stuck up reporters who think they're better than the average person and better than the game. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think any of that's true, but I do yeah, like well, how you don't think baseball reporters are stuck up. You don't think any of that's true about baseball reporters? That they have this holier-than-thou attitude about the hall and about their votes and making sure no one goes in on the first ballot? And I get the steroids thing, but even the steroids thing at this point, you need to just accept it and vote them in. These guys yeah, need to I, be Yeah, I think in. you're throwing a few knuckleheads into the bunch of, no. of good reporters. If vote. it was a bunch of good reporters and just a few knuckleheads, then the bunch of good reporters' votes would outnumber the knuckleheads. Now, yes, there's knuckleheads that'll do the one vote, so Ken Griffey's not. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but then they're all kind of high, holy higher, whatever on uh, steroids. Steroids? I think that's still. I mean, I think steroids is still. I mean, I know for a lot of fans, it's done. The debate's over. Let them in. Um, I think there's still a strong case to be made that they, that they're they still using steroids in baseball. I agree. <laughs> it's still. I, I wish someone sneak Chris Davis some steroids. The the reason I like baseball reporters is they do like football reporters don't seem as big as the game, but like I feel like Tim Kirchin to me, I look at him like I look at I don't know a a veteran player, <laughs> like I look at him, um, like like I look at Paul O'Neill. That's a dated reference, but no, I look at him as a as 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 a like important part of the game. Same with Buster yeah, Olney. Like right. I have, they all have. I think these these reporters are are bigger than reporters in other sports. Right. But well, you get the same thing in football, where you get the Peter King, the Jay Glazer, 
Yeah, I uh, guess. Maybe I'm just not as into football, that side of it, that I it doesn't... In the NBA, you get to Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Uh, in the hockey, some Canadian guy. I don't know. He's not. They're, they're not Tim Kirchens. No, they're um, not. Um, I don't know. Who's your favorite baseball reporter? Tim Kirchin. Yeah, I like It's Kirchin. not even close. Yeah, you're right. I think Tim Kirchin is... I just love his stories. I love his laugh. I love how Scott Van Pelt makes him giggle at the Baltimore accent. I think Tim Kirchin yeah. is... Is is amazing. Yeah, like um, I, I'll give you that one on MLB Network. I really like Billy Ripken. Yeah, I, I think, think Billy, Billy Ripken's good. I think he, when he's on baseball, he'll break things down like he's teaching like a, a clinic for kids, and I think it's cool. Yeah, I think Billy Ripken's good too. I, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, so that that was the quote by Buster Olney. But I was more surprised when I tweeted that out. I just tweeted the quote because I thought it was kind of funny and interesting. Yeah. But the reaction I got was like no reaction from any tweet I've ever sent out before. And it, and it shows, well, I'm not sure what it shows, but I, I was more surprised <laughs> by the reaction than I was by the well, quote what was by the Buster reaction? Oney. Were people angry? Were people angry at the Orioles? Angry at Buster? Angry at Buster. I would say 90% was angry at Buster. Okay, so everyone And then Orioles Uncensored was like, well, maybe Buster has a point. But everybody else was like, like Buster's an idiot. Um, and Buster hates the Orioles. And it goes into that thing we talked about last week where... Oreo fans feel like the media hates them. And it goes in line with what Keith Law, with the bad ranking, like everybody hates them. Though I was thinking about this because, you know, I, I thought Keith Law's ranking was fair. But you can make the argument that the Orioles are getting too much love for, from everybody else, right? Not that Keith Law is negative, but that everyone else is way too positive and giving the Orioles too much love with our prospects. Maybe. Um, but yeah, by the way, totally. in, that, in that interview with Ryan about from, with Keith Law, he said, and this is what I said last week, that one of the reasons the Orioles weren't ranked higher is that it's just nearly impossible to be a top half um, farm system when you have no international right. um, prospects. prospects. Sure. The Orioles have one, using El Diaz, who they traded for, for Manny Machado, with Manny Machado and the Dodgers. Yeah. But outside of that, they have no one. So... Every other team in baseball, almost every other team in baseball, has a bunch of international prospects, and your team has zero. Then it's hard to it's hard to be a top ten farm system with that. Now that's changing right now as we speak, mm-hmm. but that was the case this year. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree. And again, it doesn't matter what these reporters say. Um, the Orioles are. We pointed out last week. The Orioles will be the laughing stock. And it's the chance for the Orioles to prove them wrong. The Orioles, I saw some of the players even mention in their interviews the 0.0 fan graphs comment. Yeah. So um, if you look at, I was looking at this um, before the show. This makes me laugh so much. Just go to MassonSports.com and Steve, Steve Molesky, who I really like Steve Molesky. I, like I don't Steve. want to talk bad about him. But here are his headlines. For his art, his past, what you know, when you go to the homepage, it lists his most recent yeah. one, two, three, four articles. Here are the headlines: How Dean Kramer used quarantine time to improve a difference-making pitch. Yeah, the next uh, one. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That's my pitch. The next one: Paul Fry on improved strikeout look uh, and a look at camp so far. All right, an improved strikeout rate. All right. The next one: um, Scott. This is speaking of Tanner Scott. Scott up for added innings. And Harvey's path to Baltimore. Steve and the most have... recent one, Rio Ruiz, quote, this is the headline. Rio Ruiz quoting, this organization is in a great spot. How, how thick do you think that, that orange Zoom filter is on his computer? 
if you would just read, and it's not that much better um, with Rakubako, and I think this is a lot too because they're quoting Orioles players, right? Like yeah. Rakubako's most recent no article one's... is Mancini, quote, I really do feel just like I did before. Um, and then his next one is, can the bullpen do as well or better than 2021? And so it just keeps on going on. And this is mostly because everyone is so optimistic that... About young you guys. But it's, yeah, and even veteran players aren't going to say, like, oh, man, this team... Right, this exactly. Rio Ruiz's quote isn't going to be, this, this, uh, this organization is a laughingstock. He's not going to yeah. give that quote. And Matt Harvey talked about how all the, all the arms look great. I mean, his arms thrown to a catcher. Like, right. like, like what, what does that even mean, no. right? Like, but hey, how can Dean, you look great in a bullpen session? The best part about Dean Kramer is the whole use quarantine, uh, time to improve a difference-making pitch, is that was something that he knew that the Orioles talked with him about, that this offseason work on another pitch. Yeah. And he got a cutter down. And if that's what he needs is in a different pitch selection to mix things up a little better, that seems that's the one I take away out of all of that as the most positive because it's not a general uh, looked good, hit hit more strikes. It's it's he worked on a new pitch, so it actually gives me true true facts. And the Mancini, I feel like I did before. That's positive because we know he didn't feel good a few months ago. Or a year ago. Yes. So those yeah. two all things. The, yeah, I mean, it, it's all good. I'm, right, I'm but not. Those, I'm just saying those two things are real things. Positive, negative, whatever. They're real facts versus saying this organization's in a great spot. That's right. junk that you would say to an Orioles reporter. Harvey saying, like you said, saying the arms look good. That's just whatever junk. You're not going to say, man, these pitchers really suck when you have to go, go up there and sit in the bullpen with them. Yeah, yeah. Um. No one ever went to the to Mass to Steve Molesky and said, "This Jake Arrieta kid's a real head case." They never did right. that. Right. You speak positive of your teammates. Right. But speaking of Jake Arrieta, and speaking of important storylines of spring training, I think this is one of the bigger storylines, and that's Matt Harvey. And that's not that Matt Harvey came to Baltimore, but why Matt Harvey came, I think, is a big story. Okay. Why he chose Baltimore over any other team. All right. Because he has the best opportunity in Baltimore. No. That's not why he chose Baltimore. Because it's only four hours from New York. No, that's not why he chose Baltimore. Because um, he is the only guy with a cool nickname so he can get a jersey night. Um, King Felix would take offense at that. Oh, crap. No. All right. Why did Matt Harvey come to Baltimore? Because... He was struggling as a pitcher the past few seasons, gotcha. and he wanted to turn his career around, and he thought the place that he could get the best coaching to improve his pitching was Baltimore. So over the offseason, um, he worked with some, um, what do they call it, track man and some analytic stuff. Um, right. He did uh, whatever. You know, they have these. Yeah, I know, I know the Orioles invested a lot in that. But here's, yeah, and so and in the offseason, Matt Harvey was looking at okay, what team values this stuff and what okay. team can really help me to become gotcha. a better pitcher? And Matt Harvey chose the Orioles because he thought the Orioles would do the best job improving his stuff and getting him back on track. Well, I hope now, it's isn't that true. compare that to your Jake Arietta comment? I hope that's true, but isn't his agent Scott Boris? I don't know, is it? I believe it is. 
I'll have to I'll have to fact check that one. But I believe Matt Harvey is a Scott Boris thing, which would tell me the Orioles gave the most money. Oh, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think whatever I don't know what they gave him, like a million dollars. I think anyone would have given that that money. And he didn't even get a major league spot. He got a minor league spot. Right. So he, it's not like he did it for the the position on the 40-man roster, and it's not like he did it for the money. So I, I actually 100% believe Matt Harvey when he says he did it because – I mean, he, here's the here's a tweet by Rakubako. It says, on his Zoom, Matt Harvey said the Orioles' extensive use of pitching data technology and having Chris Holt as pitching coach made him want to come here. Said it should get him back to where he wants to be in his career. Okay. Uh, that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah. And, uh, here's another quote. And I, I call this quote, this is a Matt Harvey quote. I call it the anti-Chris Davis quote. This is a Matt Harvey quote, also known as the anti-Chris Davis quote. Harvey said, I've told everybody whatever they need, whatever they want to ask. I'm all theirs and I'm for whatever. Like I said, I'm extremely happy to be here. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm just – I'm excited about Matt Harvey. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Matt Harvey's attitude. And interestingly, like Matt Harvey, I 100% believe he came here for the analytics and because he wants to get better as a pitcher and he, can, he feels like he can rebound. And if this is true, Josh, like just hold up. Let's just go to next week and play out your best-case scenario. And somewhere in that best-case scenario, I think Matt Harvey pitches pretty well. Yeah. All of a sudden, a, a, a team that was known as, A, like the death, like we – Teams would trade for Orioles pitchers knowing that they could fix the pitchers. Like, let's just trade right, for an Orioles right. pitcher and he'll get better just leaving Baltimore. Yeah, Gallsman, Bundy. To uh, we go to a team where, I mean, you see a ton of pitchers sign one-year contracts right. as like a prove-it year. And what if we can be that destination where players want to come to, to have a good year, to know that they're going to get the best coaching? I think you can That'd attract different free agents where it's, in the past – we weren't attracting, you know, good for Well, and that's, that's really interesting. Um, Scott Boris is his agent. So Scott Boris knows the Orioles well. Um, it, it's interesting, though, because that sounds great about the Orioles and analytics and the Orioles working with all this new data stuff and all. But as a pitcher, he's still coming to the AL East to pitch. And he's coming to a, a hitter-friendly ballpark to pitch. I so, guess one of the toughest divisions in baseball, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said, the AL East. So um, it, that stuff you would think would be against the Orioles as far as where a pitcher wants to go to rebuild his career. Yeah. Yeah, but, but also I think one could argue that a lot of teams when giving out contracts are past looking at ERA, yeah. right? Like they care about spin rate. Yes. They care right. about velocity. They care about whiff rate and all these other – and if you can improve all those stats, okay. you can get a contract next year, even yeah. if you give up you know, an ERA of five or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, I think people are okay with ERAs of four and five right now. Um, Especially at Kevin Yarns. Yeah, and that's Especially the other thing defense. is, is you're, yeah. you know what? You got a good point because if you have an ERA of four and a half in Camden Yards, then someone's going to look at that and say, oh, well, if he's not pitching in Camden, that's a three. And you kind of get a little forgiveness there. Right. So yeah, um, I could see that. Plus, you're gonna if you can take out the Yankees, the Red Sox, you're gonna get attention from those teams as well. I mean, look at how many look at how many former Orioles the Yankees have signed because the Yankees, like Zach Britton, now Darren O'Day, the Yankees signed those guys because those guys were good against the Yankees, and those guys proved themselves against the Yankees. 
Yeah, but, well, I mean, cer- certainly if you see it guy Kashner, all the time. Kash- yeah. yeah, Kashner would, was, was great against the Red Sox. Red Sox traded for him. Yeah. So. You know, and interestingly, the, the Matt Harvey deal is King Felix, Felix Hernandez, did not sign with the Orioles Why? for the same reason Matt Harvey. He signed with the Orioles more for your yeah. previous. Yeah, because he thinks he's better than all these kids and he can get in the rotation. Well, and he and Matt Harvey, I don't know if you heard his quotes. Matt Harvey has something very specific that he wants. What does he want? He wants Rap to cakes? get in the Hall of Fame. No, he wants oh, to get no, in the Hall no. of Fame. Oh, no, no. King Felix wants, yeah. Yes, Felix yeah, yeah. is trying to get his 3,000 strikeouts and whatever innings. Yeah, well, uh, the wins. The wins. Josh. Yeah, the wins. <laughs> the wins. But, uh, but yeah. He's if you, if you, so he clearly has a goal. He said he wants to get 200 wins. And 3,000 strikeouts. And right now, yeah. he's at 2,524 strikeouts. All right. So he's, what, 476 but, strikeouts away. But it's also he that, came here to rebuild because he knows he's not going to hit those numbers here. Well, he's not going to hit him this year. Right. Um, he's he's going to need to play for several more years. Cause I, yeah, because if you want to get wins, um, right. he's at 169. So he needs 31 more wins. Yeah. That's, and I uh, doubt he'll get 31 wins for the Orioles this year. No, I feel like that's going to be five or six years of Felix here to do that. Yeah. Well, if you look at his record the past, just the past, not including last year, the year before that, one win, then eight wins, then six wins. So even if you add up the past three seasons, um, he's, he's not getting there, even the past four seasons. So he's going to need to pitch till he's like 40, I think, to get those numbers, especially if he stays with the Orioles for, for any length of time. Right. Um, but he, yeah, so his clear goal is to get wins. And I don't care. Whatever. If your motivation is to um, become a better pitcher, if your motivation is just for a chance to start your fifth day and win games and strike out, pe- uh, strike out people, I say more power to you. I, I, hope, he gets, I hope he gets a couple wins. Um, gets, you know, go out and get six or seven wins right. to add to that total so you can make it a realistic goal in the next couple of years to get it. Um, so more power to you. But it's just interesting, right, that the two veteran free agent pitchers we signed signed for completely different reasons. Felix Hernandez, I think just because he wanted to start every fifth day, and I don't know if any other team would let him start every fifth day or sixth day if they extend the rotation. And then Matt Harvey came to for the a- a- analytics and become a better pitcher. So I just think it's interesting that just the different motivations on why they came. Right. But, again, that's fine. It uh if either if it works out for either of them, it'll be a fun surprise. Yeah, yeah, it's, we're rooting for both of them. And in the meantime, what you talked about last week, I think, is turning to be true. Where it's just great to have a couple of veterans who've been there before, who's seen ups and downs, who knows what it is to pitch in the majors, who have routines and know how to like warm up and all that stuff. And so, I think if, if worst case scenario, you just have a couple of good mentors in there for a while. That's the worst case. Right. Sure. You see this uh, Dustin Knight kid that, that, that the Orioles are showing off? Oh, yeah, the backflip or something? Yeah, yeah. He, I guess he was a closer in uh, whatever league he was in, like uh, Mexican League or something. And he would, yeah, do a backflip every time he got that last strike <laughs> strikeout. I don't think that'll work in the majors. I don't, I don't know. A backflip to me is more impressive than a backflip. And oh, oh, and it's way more impressive than Chris Archer shooting to this, his little fake arrow. Yeah, uh, Fernando it, Rodney. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Rodney. That's who it was, not Chris Archer. Chris Ar- it would have made more, way more sense if it, it Chris Archer did it. It would have made more sense if Chris Archer. Yeah, Chris Archer should have yeah. been doing that. No, yeah. Rodney. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, 
a backflip. Could you imagine, like, if he was a good closer and every time, like, his his little thing would be a back out backflip to end the game? Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. But It'd be awesome. the second he gives up a walk-off home run, yikes. Right. right. That's not going to go over well with the other team. The other team's going to rub that in. Yeah. Well, also, I don't think – I have no hope that this guy's going to be our closer and we're going to get to see that. I think the backflip, because you struck – came in as like a lefty specialist or something, you get one guy out. I don't think the back 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 backflip works. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume anyone's doing a backflip after a strikeout just has not seen a lot of success in their career to be doing a backflip <laughs> every time. Exactly. Or they would have gone way too many. Like if Chris Davis, when he got the win against Boston, if he wants to do a backflip, like that's appropriate. No. Um, but I would be all for Chris Davis every time he strikes out, breaking a bat over his knee. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he can afford it. Exactly. Um, Josh, there's already been I, – I haven't – there's only – as far as I can see, only two position players are on the Orioles, Trey Mancini and Chris Davis. I don't know if there's anyone else on the squad because all I ever read about is Trey Mancini and Chris Davis. Yeah. Um yeah, it's amazing. When will uh, – is our Oriole media obsessed with Chris Davis or are Oriole fans obsessed with Chris Davis and the potential of him living up to that contract, which is impossible now? I don't know, but here – let's just take a look. Um, this is um, Rich Dubroff, friend of the show or enemy of the show. It's one of the two. I'm not quite sure. Enemy of the show or friend of the show. Has he been uh, on Rich, the show? Uh, Rich Dubroff. We've had Rich on. We've had Rich yeah, on. I know. He was, yeah. He didn't really like our question. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe he's an enemy, maybe he's a friend. Friend of me. Um, and he, here's, here's the comments to, to it. Um, Chris Davis, here's his tweet. Rich Duboff said, Chris Davis took his physical and worked out with the Orioles today. Here are the responses. One person said, more terrible news today, hashtag Orioles. Another person uh, said, turns out he's still Chris Davis. Another person said, great, and then put a side face smile. Um, another person said, well, that sucks. Another person said, has he struck out yet? Another person said, I presume he didn't strike out during the physical. So well, that's, that's just bad stick. But that's, but that's, I read all the comments. I just didn't read some of the comments, Josh. Those were all the comments. Oh. There was not one single, like, okay comment. All of them were jokes. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if you don't laugh, you cry. Uh I mean, has there ever been an, an, a Baltimore athlete yeah. more ridiculed than Chris Davis? Yes, sir. Who? A guy who was awesome. I kind of put this guy right up there with Chris Davis, as in when Chris Davis gets a hold of the ball, that ball goes far. This kid, when on his knees, could throw the ball through the goalpost from the 50-yard line. Yeah, I don't know if it's at this level, though, Josh. I don't know. Because I think Kyle Bowler had the ridicule about the same level as Chris Davis. He just I guess, but maybe not over, over this amount of time. I mean, the, there's a lot of people who are angry about Chris Davis. Yeah. Because they see it as— Because the contract. They see it as that contract is why we're rebuilding. Yeah. That without and, that and contract, you can make a case. we would still have Manny Machado— or we would have yes. uh, Adam Jones. Or yes. we would have... Now the people are... I agree. Now the people are stupid that say that 
we should have put that money in Nelson Cruz to bring him back the next year. And there's some people that still say that. No one foresaw Nelson Cruz continuing to play well after the Orioles. Yeah. So that's a lot I mean, of looking back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we can do this 2020, hindsight 2020. I mean, you could say you should reinvest that money into pitchers, but what does our success look like with Ubaldo Jimenez and Alex Cobb? Like, not very good success with signing for agent pitch, pitchers. Um, but the one that sticks out that's sore still to me is you think about, you know, Manny Machado, if there would be money, more money for Manny Machado. But, you know, hindsight is, you know, it, it is what it is. I think it's very possible that even without Chris Davis, we're still in the same exact position, just with a little, just with a little bit more money in Peter Andrews' pocket at this point in the year. But at any rate, um, it's going to be really interesting. The quote by Brandon Hyde was that the <laughs> that the DH position with Chris Davis was fluid. I think the word was fluid. Um, and so I think uh, I think that's yeah. going to be interesting to watch. What, how many at-bats Chris Davis has. Um, I, I mean, you were going to – and it's, it's tough for Chris Davis, right, because now we're going to overanalyze every at-bat. Yep. And that's not healthy for any hitter because then he's going to stress about every at-bat. Um, but I agree. But he can't. But he, he did can't it to himself. Have 400 at bats. Right. Playing like the, the problem is, the problem is Trey Mancini. And no, the you, problem is not Trey Mancini. No, no, the no. The problem no. is Chris Davis. The, pro- the problem is Chris Davis. The reason that you're really questioning what to do with Chris Davis and if you even give him playing time is that it makes way more sense to have Trey Mancini at first base and some of these other guys out in the outfield. Well, yeah, and, and that's why I think Chris Davis is going to be playing. I, I think you're not going to see Chris Davis at first a lot. I think you're going to see him DH. Yes, because Trey Mancini and Ryan Mackhouse, so I'm curious to see. It sounds like, it. I don't know, it's hard to say. From what I saw last year, Ryan Mackhouse seemed pretty good in the outfield. So I would like to see a Ryan Mackhouse stay in the outfield, Trey Mancini move to first base. And 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 that's and then Chris Davis at DH if you want to do that if you want to have Chris Davis at bat if yeah. not you can have anyone else DH I mean that's the good news for Chris Davis is um, it seems like there's not a ton of first baseman position players young players that he's preventing like they're all up right right um, now you could argue you could do Ryan Mackhouse at DH and Trey Mancini at first and that opens up another position in your outfield which is true well what about the but, other corner. Is there any chance we see Mountcastle back at third base? No. No? Remember, he was – he was. that's where we had him in the minors till we, yes. till we were ready to bring him up. You don't think that Well, maybe, even before we were ready to bring him up. We, you don't think I mean, they moved him to the outfield really to try hard. To, to – See, I wonder if they moved him to the outfield to try to fast-track him to, to the majors because that bat was ready. Oh, my gosh, no. Are you telling me – we have freaking Renato Nunez and, and Rui Ruiz – over there at third base, if they could put him at third base and bump Ruiz, they would be all over that. I don't think they want Ruiz to be at third base. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they want Ruiz on the field on this team, really. He's not that good. Yeah. But they don't have anyone else to play third base, so he's there. Meanwhile, we have a bunch of corner outfielders. And, and so I think, you know, I, I think it's the opposite. I, I, I think he just couldn't play third base. Like, crap, what do we do? So he because I think they tried really hard to play him at third base and it just it just wasn't happening. In 2018, he played all 81 games with the Bowie Bay Sox at third base. Do you know what his right. fielding percentage was? It doesn't matter, but go ahead. Nine twelve. Okay. So, 
Um, last year he was in the majors. Well, yeah, last year he was in the majors for uh, you know half a season, and his field and percentage in the outfield was one. So okay. I guess yeah, I guess you're right. His field and percentage. But it's, it's, it's not even just about errors, right? Because that shows errors. I think it's also about arm strength and. He didn't have the arm to make a lot of plays that he was gotcha. wanting to have at make at third base. And I mean, I think if Michael Elias, if you ask Michael Elias, give him tr- tr- truth serum about um, Ryan Mancastle, he would say the mistake that was made with Ryan Mancastle is keeping at third base for so long. Like it, it, at Maybe. some point, it's not the position for you, so you got to move on and find a different position and rock and roll. Um, and so the fact that he was went so long at third base even after it clearly was not going to be there in the majors. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while, that, that yeah. his glove was not good enough for the majors. His arm was not good enough for third base in the majors. Right. We wanted him as the DH. Or first base, yeah. Um, but then when you have, you know, Trey Mancini, um, you can't put, you know, everyone at first base. You, you can't put, yeah. And, and it turned out that he was pretty good in the outfield. So I think this year is going to be another tryout year. And then next year, if you want to do DH with Ryan Mountcastle, you can DH him. But this year, there's no reason. Like, let him play left field for for you know, hundred games, and see and see how he does. So you know, is Ryan Mountcastle can he be an outfielder in 2022, or um, is he going to be our DH first baseman? Because I mean, certainly, if being outfielder is better for the team, it gives him more flexibility. It doesn't tie up that DH position, and he's young. You can go out and sign anyone can play DH. I mean, there's a 20 guys who can go in there. And, you know, and be your DH. But to get an outfielder is harder. So, yeah, that's going to be something. That's going to be a, a storyline to watch. Ryan Mackhouse's defense, how you balance Trey Mancini in the outfield versus first base, and the backdrop of all that. And that's, and honestly, that's going to be a backstory because the main story that everyone's going to talk about is Chris Davis's use, which really doesn't matter because he's not right. going to be here in two and, years. And then, and then is Adley ready? Can Adley come? Can Adley come? Okay. Adley to the majors is the Orioles version of are we there yet? Yeah. But, but I don't know. I think Orioles PR and or, by PR, I mean the reporters who cover the Orioles right. have done a really good job of dampering down any expectations for Adley Rushman. Like, mm-hmm. okay. They, any mention of them in an article will say he's not being caught up on opening day. Right. 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 Yeah. So I, mean, I don't. Like now, he's not even at big league camp. He's over at the other camp. Yeah, Twin Lakes. Twin Lakes, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think the position for the team might be the same as it was last year for Mike Elias. If we're competitive yep. come August, September, even July maybe, right? We'll, we'll, we'll call him up. But remember, that got a little scary for Mike Elias last year, <laughs> making that quote. Yeah. The abbreviated season, yeah, almost backfired on Michael uh-huh. Elias. Right. And it would be interesting, right? We might be having a whole different conversation this year if Adley Rushman played in games last year. Right. Sure. Can you explain um, this to me? Across all of baseball, there's this talk that all the reporters are talking and everything about being worried about pitchers pitching in a hundred uh, with a full season versus last year's 60 season. Yeah. Aren't these all professional baseball like throwers that have spent their entire life throwing the ball that work out during the off season so they can throw the ball? Why would a shortened season would you come into this season worried about their arm? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Because 
I know they, they they stress a lot about building up innings, right? Right. Where you have young pitchers go from 100 innings to like 120, 140, 160. Right. But they they take every off season off, and then they build up their innings to get ready for opening day. Yeah, and I would actually make the other argument where people are saying the arm injuries might have to do with them playing baseball competitively year round since they're like five. Right. And and so I could make an argument that maybe a year off, a year of soft toss, would be good for the arms. Right. Yeah. A year of less intense throwing right. could be good for the longevity on these arms. And you might have some arms come back a little bit stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. I make that argument. Um, yeah. I was. I hope that's the true for uh, Matt Harvey and uh, King Felix. Yeah, I hope so. They had, uh, they've had plenty of time off. Yeah. So let's hope so. Any more takeaways or you want to roll into ball four? Yeah, let's, let's do um, – I got, I got the Matt Harvey, King Felix stuff on my chest. I got the – you know, it's the Trayman Tr- Tr- Chris Davis show at this point in the offseason. Right. Next, next I'm week. excited next week to get some games started. And, and yeah. Let's, right. Let's That's see. when we can start talking position battles and stuff. Everyone's optimistic. So, as, you know, if you just read the quotes and the headlines, Orioles going to the World Series this year, as far as I can tell. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Let's get to some ball four. Oh, shoot. Okay. You, you, right. you go first. Here's my first thing before we get into ball four. I've been scouring the internet. And I can't find it. So I need some 336ers help. I want that okay. stupid video game sound for ball four. Okay. Of, of the ump calling ball four that I hear right. in my head, that you hear in your head. And I can't find it on the internet. Okay. So, so I'm looking for that. I, I've been, I was scouring the correct way to say seventh in APA format. Is it just the number seven, TH, or do you have to spell it out? So any 336ers have that information as well. For seventh? Yeah, APA, seventh in APA format. Do you spell out seventh or do you put seven TH? Can't you I just, think you spell it out, but I'm not 100% sure. You know, there's this thing called Google. I looked at it. I couldn't find it. But I looked for like five whole minutes. But anyway, what, what's your ball one? Uh, ball one. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. You got something to say? Well, I mean, you have you heard anything called the internet? Judge, have you heard the internet to find your ball four sound? You spell out. Not, yeah, I can't find it. Uh, for AP style book, you will spell out numbers one through nine and use numerals for 10 or greater. Right. Is that the same, though, when you add the TH, like the seventh meet, meet, meeting, or does it change? Uh, no. For seventh, you would spell out seventh. But the number seven, you would, yeah. Yeah, it says that you spell out seventh. There's a website. It's called spell out or use, numer- or use numerals. Is the no, name of the website. website. I got to check the website out. All right. What's, what's your ball one? Uh, ball one is uh, is softball. I had my softball season start this week, so I got back out on the ball field this week just like the Orioles and got to hit and swing and run and jump and pulled my groin. So I've been in a bunch of pain lately since then. Oh, nice. So. You know, that's the only thing we don't want out of spring training is injuries. No. So that's, and that's tough to see. Exactly. So I'm hoping that the Orioles don't have any groin issues because, uh, yeah, my ball one is my groin injury through softball. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, my, my ball two would be um, a show recommended me. I mean, the first person to, to mention it to me was our sister Laura and the Zany one himself, Bert Rohde, watched this show and recommended it to me. Though, since then, everyone and their mother is recommending this show. I finally turned it on and watched it. That's Ted Lasso. 
<laughs> yeah, Ted Lasso is great. Yeah, I, I just discovered it. Ted Lasso um, is the probably the best show of 2020. Yeah, and it is it is as good as everyone said. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's, there was I just we watched we're only like six episodes in. We just watched that episode last night or two nights ago when he goes on that rant about practice, you know, a la Allen Iverson. Yeah. And I was like cracking up, like uh-huh. on the verge of tears at the whole quote. And Emily was looking at me like, what are you even laughing at? This is this is Allen Iverson. The show is great. It's just funny. Because it's, it's got just, the sports mix in for, for sports fans, but it's just a great uh it's got heart and all. It's just yeah, the dialogue show. is so smart. It's, yeah, really, it's, it's a good. really smart show. You're right for a comedy yeah. and a, especially a sitcom. It's really smart dialogue. Yeah, um, I agree. So yeah, and, I, that, and that's my ball too. Coach Beard is great. Yeah, yeah, so. he's a good character. Uh, my ball four is uh, Mortal Kombat because I bought old school. I bought the new Mortal Kombat game, and by new, I think it's like a two years old or a year and a half old. I didn't make, didn't think they made any of those in the past twenty years. So yeah, me either. But I've been, you know, I told you guys how I went up to help Chad Dukes build his studio, and then after that, he's been wanting to do some gaming streaming. So I helped him out with building a gaming rig for setting up and streaming. And while I've been logging in and working on his layout and graphics and everything, he's been playing Mortal Kombat. So I've been watching it, and I was like, I never got to play Mortal Kombat as a kid. We played Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2. But never really played Mortal Kombat because of the violence. So I said, I'm going to download the new Mortal Kombat. So I did that, and I've been playing it the past yes, two nights, and I've been really enjoying it. It's fun. Who's your character of choice? Uh, I only know how to use uh, Sub-Zero so far. Okay. Because I saw you frantically hitting the buttons. I knew you must have been some, playing some kind of tip. Because I know in Madden, yeah. there's no need to frantically hit yeah. A, B, A, B, A, B, A, oh, B like that. And I'll tell you, my hands are sore. Because I haven't played a fighting game or a button smasher game in a long yeah. time. Yeah. And it's been cool to, to play something different. Game. Yeah, de- definitely. I haven't tried playing other people. I've just been playing the computer because I know I probably really suck. Yeah. So how about your ball four? Well, I'm going back to the television. Oh, see, uh, I purposely avoided the television. Oh, uh, why? Well, you know, I feel like I haven't talked about television the past few weeks. So I went food last week. Um, so I thought it's okay to do back-to-back t- 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 TV this, year, uh-huh. this week. Um, this is, again, and this is actually, I'm taking this recommendation, again, from Burt Rohde, who would recommend this if he was on the show uh, today. Um, I don't recommend it, but I did watch it. On Disney+, Plus. they just came out with the original Muppet sh- show. Yeah. Have yeah. you watched any of this, Josh? Uh yeah, I haven't watched it since they reput it on Disney Plus. I watched it a few years ago. I have like I have them on a computer. Episode one of the Muppets we watched last night with Silas. Mm-hmm. It was not appropriate for Silas. Well, they start was, they start all of the episodes. Well, it's for one, it's not a kids show. No, it, it was a, the most like bizarre. Family, it's like a family show. Yes, it was just it was pun nation. It was just puns, puns, puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just so stinking bizarre. I didn't even know what I was watching. I didn't even understand it. You don't remember watching them as a kid? I have no recollection of oh, watching. Oh, see, I watched it. I remember like, watching it. I remember it as a kid. The, the movie. I watched the Muppet movie. Yeah. Watch, but never this variety show. No, for Silas, you want him to watch Muppet Babies. Okay. Muppet Babies is really good. And that's for okay. Silas. I'll check that out. All right. Fine. But no, Muppet Show is great. They do have a warning now in front of every episode saying, uh, oh, I didn't that, that. saying that there's filled with stereotypes and, and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Like I that. saw that when I watched. Um, there's a lot of Disney shows that have that on Disney Plus. Yeah, Peter Pan, and also one of those old shows. Maybe that darn cat. Probably. Or, 
Yeah, it was one of those older shows. Pinocchio. And they did. Got they, it it yeah. was really. You look back at some of these shows. Like, they had a really. They had a, yeah. just a stereotypical Asian dude. But on it's there. also <laughs> you guys judging you those. Yeah, we're now judging stuff made in the sixties and seventies with twenty twenty. Well, standards. we're not judging. We're just putting a little label on it. Well, uh, some <laughs> judging. What's a, there's a there's a show on there's another show on Disney Plus where they did some like edit in the cover stuff. I don't remember, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't watched that yet, but I do like. I am a fan of the Muppet Show. No, I watched episode one. I will not watch another episode. Oh, that's a good that was, show. That was terrible. It was absolutely. It was like a train watching a train wreck. You were watching the old Muppet Show, right? Not the one that they tried to bring back a few years ago on ABC. No, no, this is the old original. Okay, all right. Yeah, just bizarre. Go watch episode one, Josh, and talk to me next week about it, and tell me. If you, I mean, Bert said it was hilarious yeah. cracking up. So I like I the said, All right, let me check this out tonight. And I the old man, I like my favorite's the old men up top. Yeah, yeah, the old yeah. Men, the old men were fine. Yeah, um, it was just bizarre. Just go go rewatch it. It's bizarre. all right. You want a little tease for my ball for next year, next week? Um, have you ever heard really, of? But okay, go ahead and tease your ball. Have you ever heard of Bucky's? It's like a yeah. You just just because you talked about it before. Did, I, on did here. I talk about it on here before? That's the gas station? Yeah, it's a gas station. Yeah. I guess it's like a Wawa. So it opened up today. And I drove okay. past it, and it was packed with cars and like a line of people to try to get in. So I didn't go. But I'm going to go sometime this week, and I'll report back for my ball next week. Mandy all said right, all like all the like, women at like the school pickup were all talking about it and how they want to – and they were saying, oh, no, I got to go when I don't have the kids because I need time to browse around. And I want to check out the home goods place. The home goods section. All right. So let, apparently, let, let me know how it goes. Bucky's has a home goods section, whatever that well, means. Well, you're about to uh, find out. I'll find out. So that's going to be my ball next week. All right. Assuming I Look get over there. All right, boys and girls. Can't close it yet. Why not? Because you forgot our new segment that's supposed to be at the top of the show. What is the state of the Orioles mm. right now? Did we go up in a week or down in a week? Well, I just shared with you all those headlines, so mm-hmm. apparently we've gone up. If you read any of the headlines, our stock is going up. Though, if you listen to Buster Only, I guess our stock yeah. is go down. So, I guess it depends who you're, who you're talking I'm going to. with our stock is going up because players on baseball fields is always better than players not on baseball fields. So, sure. it's going up. And everyone has said, all the coaches are saying the players look better than ever. Um, like reading a freaking onion article. Yeah, they didn't put on that COVID weight, COVID nineteen. Yeah. yeah, but as far as transactions and stuff goes, there really was nothing this week. As far as no, no, this was the everyone show up week. There's still a bunch of free agents out there. Just saying. Yep, there's still room in the rotation too. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, they they, they could. They're rotation. We and we talked about it last week, but there's. That's going to be something to watch in these open spring training games because there's more starting pitchers than there are spots. So it's just something to watch for. We're already talking about six-man rotation. I think they need to talk about an eight-man rotation to get them all in. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Who knows? That's the question. No one knows. Even yeah. manager Hyde at this point does not know. You've got to play the games. Yep. All right, boys and girls. Don't Thanks forget. For listening. Yeah, what? Birdland tonight. Go follow Birdland Sports everywhere. Don't forget. Yeah, when's our next show? I think it's going to be Wednesday night. I think it's going to be every okay. Wednesday or Thursday uh, until the season starts. All right, cool. Subscribe, you'll get notified. Yeah, subscribe, and you get notified. 
You can follow Birdland Sports on Twitter at Birdland Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening. I didn't. I just was paused there because you keep on inter- interrupting my cl- uh, closure. I thought you were going to interrupt me again to say like, shout out to our Patreon supporters. You can support us on Patreon as well. Good, good, good pickup. Yeah, you can hit the support tab on section336.com. There Next week, I'll actually come prepared with the list of Patreons that we need to thank because I don't have the list in front of me right now. But yeah, go on over there and you'll get a shout out at the top of the show uh, next week. All right, thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Oats. Download Upside and start getting cash back wherever you roll. It's like having your own hype man. Get an average of 17% cash back at restaurants. Oh, it's dinner time. Average of 13% on groceries. Get those groceries. 10 cents per gallon average cash back on gas. It's go time. Plus, cash back at participating convenience stores too. Stacks on stacks. Users can earn hundreds of dollars a year, three times more than other apps. Upside, show me that money. All right, we get it. Get it. It's easy. Just sign up for the free Upside app and start getting cash back for doing you. Download the free Upside app and use promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 on the free Upside app. Get cash back for doing you with the free app from Upside. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.